Hello and welcome to an extremely special broadcast today with the French Open just around the corner. We thought it would be a good idea to do Breakpoint's first ever joint broadcast. Val Febo here with you and the joint broadcast is with the wonderful people at the Tennis Menu, of course. And um, I've been doing the US Open show for the Tennis Menu and we wanted to get everything involved with each other. And yeah, we thought it would be a great idea to do a French Open broadcast as well. And introducing, well, my right-hand man on Breakpoint, Joel Frucci. Joel, how are you? Yeah, going well. Thanks, Val. Really happy to be involved because uh, I know you've been uh, involved with uh, the US Open shows on the on the tennis menu. And um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really glad to have the call up. I'm, I'm feeling good today. Yeah, no, well, yeah, you better you better be ready because this is what, this yeah. is what the big boys roll because the next man that I'm going to introduce is, well... For those of you who watch the US Open show on the tennis menu, hashtag Mark for PM, the best high-performance coach in the business. He is back. He's ready to go. Mark Safoulis, how are you? I'm really well, Val, and thanks for the uh, lovely intro you keep giving me every single time we get on this show. It, uh, yeah, I couldn't leave the room from the US Open because my head was too big to fit through the left door. Yet. No, I haven't left. Still stayed here. The missus just keeps throwing some food at me through the door. So, no, but it's exciting to be back. And obviously, within a short succession between the two Grand Slams, which is very, very unusual to have a US Open and a French Open so close together. So, really looking forward to dissecting it with you boys and, uh, and see what uh, we can come up with for this, uh, obviously, the last Grand Slam of the year. Yeah, it is exciting. And the draw, obviously, coming out last night. And it's... We'll start with it. Well, I think we started with the women's draw for the US Open. Let's start with the men for Roland Garros, and we might as well just get straight into it for the final Grand Slam of the year. It's something that is quite weird in a sense because we're used to seeing Roland Garros in May, not the end of September slash start of October, which is um, usually when we're around the Asian swing or getting towards the European indoor uh, swing of the season. So it's very interesting to see uh, the conditions, the weather. And what's going to be happening around Roland Garros this year and how the clay courts will play. But we'll start with the top quarter of the men's draw. And this is pretty stacked. But again, it seems as though Djokovic does get somewhat of an easy draw. Djokovic here, he'll take it on Mikael Ema of Sweden in the opening round. Cam Norrie in there is a dangerous floater. Hubert Hercash and Tennis Sandgren, the 29th seed Hercash there. That'll be an interesting matchup, Sandgren having a really good Australian Open at the start of the year. Hasn't done too much since, but Christian Garin against Philip Kohlschreiber, uh, the 20th seed Chilean there. That'd be an interesting one first up. Kohlschreiber, always good for a round or two. Hugo Umber there, a dangerous floater. He's had a wonderful uh, clay court swing since the US Open. Karen Kashinov there against Camille Marjak. I think I've got that right. Um, <laughs> special K-Val. <laughs> yeah, exactly right for the breakpoint listeners. I think that's what we've resorted to calling him, the special K. Um, whatever happened to regular K, Joel? <laughs> oh, Family Guy references. Love yep. it. Already, right. it didn't take long. Yeah, I know. It took, what, half a minute? <laughs> um, but yeah, Karen Kashinov there for a Djokovic fourth round. That'd be really interesting if that prevails um, with the conditions. I'm not sure how it'll go. Roberto Batista Agu against Richard Gasquet, the ever-present Frenchman, always there. He had such a good uh, sort of uh, lockdown period, I guess, at the UTS, was playing really well and then struggled at the US, had a little bit of an injury. Um, and also in that draw, John Millman and Pablo Carreño Busta, the US Open semi-finalists. That'll be a ripping match as well. Millman is, is surprisingly quite a good clay quarter. Made his first ATP final there in Bucharest a few years ago. Yan uh, Leonard Struff against Francis Tiafo, also in the first round. A couple of good young guns, Lloyd Harris and Alexi Popperin, uh, at the bottom end of the quarter in a first round. And finally, to round it out, Matteo Berrettini against Vasek Pospisil. Um, again, another really tasty first-round matchup. So the dangerous floaters are a plenty. Feliciano Lopez also there, one of the best names in tennis. But Mark, we'll start with you. It's it's really it's tough to predict, isn't it? Like apart from the guy at the top there, Novak. Um, if, if you block him out, um, it's quite difficult to predict. It is extremely difficult to predict, and I was looking at this all morning, thinking, okay, who am I going to? earmark to make it, you know, all the way through this this quarter of the draw, even through the whole draw, it's in, it, incredible. And the conditions are going to be really interesting and in who it favours in these situations because that's the only thing I see separating a lot of these matches, the conditions. And the other one is how many of these players are really primed physically to play the endurance game at the, at the French Open, especially this time of year. So we're looking at a really cooler time of year, more wet, the courts will be heavier, the points will be longer. The matches will be longer. Who has done the work over the COVID breakdown to be able to last these long matches? I don't know. 
you know, I, I'm going to throw a blanket. I'm doing it like I do with the women's draw. I throw a blanket over it and see who pops out underneath uh, after that. And, and there's a lot of players that I think can get through this part of the draw especially, but the whole draw, you know, in, in general, really. Yeah, you're exactly right, Mark. And throwing a blanket over so many of these guys uh, is probably one of the best things you can do when analysing this draw, especially on clay, because it presents such different problems for a lot of players and, and such different sort of game styles and, uh, and everything along those lines. But if you're looking at uh, the, the way that the US Open was played, and a lot of players struggle when going to the fifth sets because of just the lack of match practice. And, you know, you can be a fitness freak, but when you're doing it while hitting a ball, it's a lot, it's a lot harder and it's, there's a lot more gut running involved when you're actually playing. But Joel, if you're looking at this, do you look at a guy like, Roberto Batista Ugu, Novak Djokovic, um, maybe a Francis Tiafa, a John Millman or a Pablo Carreño Busta, um, one of your favourites, uh, Adrian Manorino. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be there later in the draw. But um, what, what do you look at in this top quarter as, as the sort of the benchmark and the, um, the main factors as to why players will get through? Yeah, well, I think clearly in terms of players, Novak is, uh, is the one that, that stands out. But yeah, there are a lot of, uh, I guess, grinder-type players in, in this quarter, which I think makes it really fascinating. And uh, I think what we're probably going to see um, in, in terms of differences between the US Open and the French Open, obviously, well, the, the surface is the big one. But um, certainly, when it comes to the conditions, as we've already sort of spoken about, it was quite humid as well uh, over in the US Open. But um, over, obviously, as we know, um, in, in France at this time of year, it's a bit different to uh, their spring. And... I'm actually just looking at um, uh, a weather forecast now for, for Paris and it makes for interesting reading. And um, it has Friday, 14 degrees, Saturday, 15 yep. degrees, Sunday, 14, Monday, 18, Tuesday, 19, Wednesday, 20, Thursday, 21. So certainly not particularly warm conditions. So you'd have to think that it, uh, it does uh, suit some of those grinders. But um, I think when it comes to this, uh, this top quarter of the men's draw, um, you know, not, uh, Novak is really the one that, that stands out. I do like Matteo Berrettini as well, though. He's been playing some pretty good tennis uh, on the clay. Obviously lost to Kasparud in Rome, but when we talk of good clay quarters, um, I think Casper, uh, the unfriendly ghost, he's, he's another one that stands out. He could, um, he could do some damage, please. Oh, I love that, the unfriendly ghost. That's fantastic. But Mark, who, who are you looking at uh, the most? Like, apart from Djokovic, who, who's the other, who are the other players that really stand out in this quarter of the draw for you? Uh, you'd have to say Batista Ogu and, and probably, as, as Joel um, mentioned, Berrettini are the two that are probably playing some really good tennis. Um, you know, Batista Ogu can do anything um, on this surface. He's got to get through Richard Gasquet in the first round, which, you know, that's a real challenge in itself. But I think once he gets through that, it... It shouldn't be too bad. He'll play maybe, I think it's Carino Booster somewhere along the line there before he gets to that quarterfinal or so. But I think he's a, a really damaging player on a clay court. And I think he can get right the way through. But obviously, you know, I don't think we can go past Novak Djokovic. I mean, he's won 31 of 32 matches this year. And the only match he's lost is uh, by being defaulted. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's, it's you can go past a, a guy like that. Unfortunately, um, what he did at the US Open was was pretty tough to, to watch from a, a tennis spectator's perspective. But, you know, he's obviously the, the form player, the best player in the draw. And, um, you know, if, if he's fit and firing, I can't see many people stopping him. Yeah, I do agree. And I, I think it's going to be hard for whoever does come up against him. And he did win in Rome, but um, he wasn't at his best. So fingers crossed we can see him be challenged throughout this tournament. But we'll move on to the second quarter of the draw. This one is absolutely stacked again with some massive seeds but also some really big dangerous floaters Daniil Medvedev kicks it off against Martin Fushevic who um, played the fourth round of the Australian Open and, and played so well at the US as well uh, earlier on this month and then you've got Stefano Tsitsipas at the bottom the number five seed um, moving further to the top Nicolas Basilashvili is there um, Adrian Manorino, Quintin Alice, some of the Frenchmen that we know can play well at their home slam. Dushan Lajovic also there. Kevin Anderson, a dangerous floater. He'll take on Laszlo Jair and could take on Lajovic in the second round. And what excites me a lot, this name, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, that just, just <laughs> rolls right off the tongue. I love it. Um, but he'll, um, he'll take on Harold Mayo, the French wild card. But Andre Rublev against Sam Querrey. Not an easy opponent. Query, although he is uh, a big server and has a power game and has most of his success on grass, which is essentially a bit of the opposite to what clay is, but 
he has won titles on the red dirt before in Europe. I think he won the title in Belgrade back earlier on in the decade. And he's got, he's got the pedigree to play on clay. Denis Shapovalov against Gilles Simon, another tasty first round matchup. It's that, that one is going to be exciting. Simon, 35 years old, probably past it now, but um, he's always, always tough to beat at his home slam. Steve Johnson, another dangerous floater there. Grigor Dimitrov will take on Gregor Barrer of France in the opener. Um, Philip Kranjevic also in this section of the draw will take on a qualifier first up and then Stefanot Tsitsipas against Jorge Munar. So this draw, this part of the draw, again, really tough to predict. And I look at the fourth round matchup between Shapovalov and Tsitsipas and my mouth does salivate. And again, Rublev and Medvedev could meet as they did at the US Open, but this time in the fourth round. So Mark, we'll start with you this time. What, what sort of, what jumps out at you here? Yeah, I, I think it's stacked. And, you know, you look at Grigor Dimitrov in that in that bottom part of the draw with Shepovalov and uh, I was obviously Tsitsipas down the bottom. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting little part of the draw there. Uh, you know, who gets through? I mean, Dimitrov hasn't been at his best, obviously, overcoming uh, COVID. But, you know, can he can he play well? He's, he's built his game in France. He's been developed there since he was a kid. He could really enjoy the, the conditions that are that are put in front of him, I think he'll be okay. You know, Daniil Medvedev, can he play the same way on clay as he does on a hard court? It's going to remain to be seen, obviously, sitting so far back in the court and not being able to really penetrate, maybe off the backhand side may hurt him if it's a bit slow. Uh, the ball may land a little bit short, so he's maybe going to have to change up his tactic a little bit at times on the clay and be able to push back up onto the baseline. But, yeah, again, it's a really challenging part of the draw. Look, I really like Tsitsipas at the moment. I think he's going okay at Hamburg. I think he's really starting to find... His form, again, another player who's developed in France at the Moritoglu Academy, has a real uh, feel for what the French conditions are like and actually really enjoys it. So, you know, he's one that I, re- I reckon we've got to look at. And Shepovalov's in career best form. So, you know, you know who, who really gets through that? Oh, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not the expert in, in, in picking, let me tell you, that much after my US Open shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> so, I think... Uh, I think I'll, I'll look at uh, Shapovalov and Tsitsipas probably in that fourth round, as you were saying. And, you know, I think we can look at Medvedev maybe getting through that, that top part and, and facing one of them. It's exciting. And, Joel, uh, I think we spoke before, before we went on air and you, you said that Medvedev might not get through here. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about Danil on, on clay. Um, you know, firstly, if I'm looking at the draw, obviously he'll back himself, but I'm, I'm probably not that pleased to see my name next to Martin Fuksovics in the first round. I think he's a very, very dangerous yeah. uh, player. I've, 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 I've watched a bit of him in the last couple of years and I really like what he brings. Um, so I think that's the first challenge for uh, Daniil. But I want to ask you, Mark, Daniil, I think the stat is that he's lost five in a row on clay. Um, and in Hamburg, he lost in the first round against uh, Ugo Omber. If you're his coach, now I know certain people make more of historical facts than some others, but... If you're in Daniil's camp, how do you make sure that that's not something that sort of crosses his mind? Yeah, it's a really great question because it's, it does play on your mind. And I know, um, I think it was uh, a player I used to coach, Arena Rodionova, was playing uh, her 10th French Open and has, had never gotten through a round or never won a match. Um, and it does play on your mind a lot. And there's no doubt it'll play on Medvedev's mind. Um, and the coach obviously needs to be very present with what he's, what he's doing. So, you know, if you're looking at, if you're a coach looking at what you've done in the past, you're a coach is not thinking about what you can do in the future. And you've got to be extremely present with, with your coaching methodology and the way that you go about this plan. So, I mean, at this, at this stage, as you said, I wouldn't be looking past Fuchsovic, Fuchsovic however the hell you bloody say. <laughs> um, but he, he's um, an incredible competitor, a big ball striker, someone that can really hurt you. And if you're going to sit back 10 metres off the baseline, the same way he was doing at the US Open, there's going to be a bit of a problem. You know, he's not going to be able to utilise the, the ball speed coming at him. Um, and I think he's going to need to hold his court a little bit better. Uh, there's got to be something in place from the coach that actually gives him a plan of attack. You know, if you're thinking, um, and oh, let me go a little bit deeper, your thought processes when you walk on a court is that your subconscious mind is all your previous history. In his subconscious mind, he's going to be going, crap, I haven't been playing well on clay. I'm struggling. Um, you have to change him from subconscious to conscious pretty quickly. So the coach needs to be very present in his game plan and ensure that everything is based on a point-by-point scenario and not on, okay, if we get through to the third round and we play so-and-so, 
no, it's about this match here. And if he gets that first match under his belt, the confidence should change or may change and may help him propel forward. But if, you're, if he's in that moment and he's thinking about what he hasn't done in the last couple of matches on clay, I think he's going to really struggle. You're 100% correct, Joel. That is a brilliant answer, Mark. And uh, look, Medvedev does boast the win over Djokovic on clay, beating him in Monte Carlo last year. So it's not like he can't play on the surface. If he can rekindle some of that form, we may see him go very deep. But the second, the second quarter, massively packed. Third quarter, however, well, this one's on steroids because Gal Monfi kicks it off against Alexander Bublik, the eight seed. Monfi didn't play the US Open, struggled a little bit in Rome, but I think with the form he established at the start of the year, um, he's going to be very dangerous. He's made the French Open semifinals before, and he's going to be very, very difficult to beat. Jordan Thompson, the Australian, also part of this draw. He'll take on Aradu Albos um, in the opening round. Taylor Fritz, the American 27th seed against the qualifier. Borna Choric, the US Open quarterfinalist against Norbert Gombos. It's a very interesting name, Norbert for a Slovakian. <laughs> Sounds like a movie. I don't know movie where <laughs> Yeah, the what is it from Eddie, Eddie, yeah, Eddie Murphy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he got very good reviews. So hopefully, <laughs> Bob is a little bit better. But um, Jeremy Shardy, Frenchman. Uh, you know, he's always always thereabouts. Very consistent player. Corentin Moutet, the young gun of France. There, so a lot of Frenchmen in this draw here as well. Would well, you think so? But a lot of them are just direct acceptances, which is great to see. Um, Diego Schwartzman, the Rome finalist against the uh, titleist. In Istanbul, uh, Miamir Kecmanovic as well. Sorry, no, Kitzbühel. Um, the, so second week of the US Open, this tournament was going on. Kecmanovic got past Nishikori after getting belted in the first set. Ended up going on to win his first ATP Tour title. And then he'll take on Schwartzman in the opening round. This next match, however, Andy Murray against Stan Wawrinka. The last time they played at Rolling Garros. How good is that? One, seven in the, fifth, in the 2017 semis. It was the end of Andy's hip and the end of Stan's knee. So hopefully this match doesn't break them like it did last time. They have since met in an ATP final in Antwerp last year, which Murray did win. But this one has just classic written all over it. And hopefully we can get exactly what we want from it. And Dominic Keffer, he had such a great tournament in Rome and then played okay in Hamburg as well. Lost in the second round uh, to Casper Ruud, I'm pretty sure it was. Antoine Huang, he'll play in the opening round, but a difficult second round match for Murray or Bavrinka. Nishioka against Felix... Felix Auger Aliasim, that's also exciting. Nishioka just runs all day like an energizer battery in Auger Aliasim, a great US Open. Casper Rude, Joel's mate. Um, he'll take on <laughs> the 28th seed is Rude, Tommy Paul, and James Duckworth. I reckon Duckworth gets through this one. Plays really well on the clay. Um, Riley Apelka as well, also in this section of the draw and in the second round. He'll either meet if he gets through his qualifying matchup, he'll meet Chilich or Team. Third round at the US Open, two Grand Slam winners, four Grand Slam winners in this little section of the draw here. Team and Chilich, geez, that, that's just, this is one that you at least think should be third round onwards, not in the opening round of a Grand Slam. But whoever, if there is a crowd there, whoever gets tickets, so it will be very, very lucky. Joel, we'll start with you. What are you looking at in this quarter? Yeah, well, I think straight away, um, there's two matches that stand out, Team versus Chilich and uh, also Stand versus Andy Murray, one for one for the the, the the old timers, and it's a bit of a throwback. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. It's a it's a good quarter. Um, I'm interest, interested to see what Diego Schwartzman can do. Um, as you said, Val finalist in Rome went on to lose to Novak Djokovic, but of course did beat Rafael Nadal um, in Rome. So I'm I'm sort of looking at him and and hoping that he can really build on that because he's a player that's been around for uh, a little bit. He's hung around the top ten for for quite a while, never broken into the top 10. So, look, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that Diego can, can make a, an impression here. I, I actually really like uh, Quarantine Multe as uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a dangerous floater. Um, he's been pretty impressive um, this year. So, uh, he's, uh, he's someone I'm looking at. Mark, looking at this draw, what does someone like Gal Monfie bring to it? Um, and, and how difficult is it going to be to beat him, considering... He was the one that pushed Novak to the absolute brink earlier on in the year in Dubai in the semifinals, had match points against him to end that unbeaten streak early. Obviously didn't prevail and went, I think, 0-14 and 14 against Novak. But looking at his form at the start of the season, what, what is it about him that, that makes him so dangerous? And especially on clay, because he does like to slide around a lot. Yeah, he's an incredible athlete and you just never know what he's going to bring. And I think that's the challenge with Gail Monfi. If the best Gail Monfi turns up, 
I think we're going to be in for a real show. And I think he can get right the way through and probably get to a fourth round or a quarterfinal quite comfortably at his best. At his worst, he could probably be going home in the first day and going and enjoying a pina colada on the beach and, and doing something like that. So, you know, who knows with Gail Monfee, which one turns up. And, you know, he's definitely someone who is very, very dangerous player to play. As you said, he, he could play some insane kind of tennis. But I think, Joel, you're correct too. Diego Schwartzman, um, incredible tennis he's playing at the moment. You know, has he come of age a little bit? Um, he's definitely grown, not in, uh, in height, but, in, <laughs> but in, uh, in the way that he plays. So um, he's definitely matured as a player. And as you said, you know, the, it's really nice for the French Open to put a Legends match in this draw too with Varenka versus Murray. So um, good on them for, <laughs> for, um, for, for being kind to the old timers and putting the Legends in there and giving them a chance. But um, depends on who, who wins and which, uh, which works better, the walking frame or the, uh, or the walking stick on the court. It'll be interesting <laughs> to, watch, to watch both of them having a crack out there. But it's an incredible stacked part of the draw. Um, pretty rude that you didn't mention Sagita as getting through. Um, Pardon the pun. Um, no, but I think Rude's going to get through on that one for sure. And uh, look, I, I, at the end of the day, I think Dominic Team's playing career best form tennis. Um, he's proven on clay that he's a, a star. Just whether or not he's been able to come down from the high of winning the US Open um, is a real challenge. And, I, and I, I, like a lot of people underestimate that. When you win a Grand Slam, the last thing you want to do is get back on the practice court and train and get ready for the next one. Two weeks later, you're playing a French Open. Um, it's a totally different surface, totally different ball game, different conditions. Um, you know, it's all going to change for him. Is he as well prepared as he was for the US Open? I'm not sure, but at his best, Dominic Team gets through to the final in this. So I, I, I reckon that Team, I, I think this would be another golden opportunity for him because this is a tournament where Rafa might not be favoured because of the conditions. But, and against, against someone like Marin Cilic, Mark, you, you look at that, is your mouth watering if your team, because if they're slower conditions, that nullifies Chilich's game completely. And he's already yes. nullified it at the US Open on fast courts where Chilich has won previously. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the players who can both play defensive and offensive in this tournament are going to be the better players. You can't have just a defensive game. You can't be just offensive. You're going to have to have a blend of both. And Dominic Team possesses the skills to be able to do that. He's probably one of the only players in the draw. Him, Djokovic and Nadal are three players that can defend unbelievably well, but their offensive game can hurt you. And no matter how slow the surface is, they can really hurt you on that. And all three of those players are obviously physically in prime condition to be able to do anything in this draw. So it is going to be interesting. Chilich will definitely pose a problem for Team, especially in that first round to see how teams come down from the high of the US Open, but at the end of the day, you know, if Dominic Team is anywhere near his best, he wins his match quite comfortably, three or four sets, and then uh, walks walks through probably until about the third or fourth round. So I think uh, it'd be interesting to see that. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the to the legends, Warinker and Murray, to see where they're both at. It'd be great. It's going to be very very exciting. But the final quarter of the draw before we get to our picks. Uh, Alexander Zverev, the US Open finalist, kicks it off against Denis Novak. He's the sixth seed Zverev. Pierre-Hugerbert, he's there as well. Um, not sure how we'll go on the clay. He's a doubles specialist, so we'll probably feature more in the men's doubles. Um, Alex Demonor, the 25th seed, could take on Zverev in the third round. Both. Um, that'd be interesting to see if Zverev does get through, but he'll have to... T- uh, sorry, and, and Demonor, both, actually. It'd be an interesting matchup on the clay, considering they've had some big ones on a hard court before, but... Demonor will have to get past the qualifier opponent in the opening round and then a double Argentinian, uh, either Delboni or Juan Ignacio Londero. And Londero made the fourth round two years ago. So he's a very, very dangerous matchup on the clay. Benoit Pet, look, somehow the guy's in the draw. He's tested <laughs> positive twice for COVID. I'm, I'm, look, I'm honestly not sure how he's in the draw. Only Benoit would be able to chance Crazy. into it. Um, Something in the beard, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, he's in. He's the 23rd seed. Can't see him getting past the, th- the first round against Son Wu Kwon just with how he's played and just his, his sheer demeanour on the court. He just wants 2021 to come around. He's said it about six or seven times now. So, not sure how he's actually in the draw, but good on him and good luck to him. We do love Benoit on this show. But uh, David Goffin also here. He'll take on Yannick Sinner in the opening round. That's also exciting. Um, Goffin, the 11th seed, US Open uh fourth round it was so took uh, Shapovalov to four Fabio Fonini the fat shamer he's still in the draw as well Kukushkin. <laughs> um, I would I need to see him play Milos Raonic at some point before they both retire because I want to see the handshake or the racket <laughs> at the end if there is one because uh, Raonic was not impressed with that at 
all Fonini uh, taking on Kukushkin, who made the third round at the US Open. Andreas Seppi also in this section of the draw, fourth round formally at the French Open as well. Uh, John Isner, part of it as well. He'll take on Elliot Benchetree of France. Dan Evans against Kane Ishikori, a big first round matchup. And then right at the bottom, Rafael Nadal against Igor Gerasimov of Belarus. And Joel, we'll start with you. Oh, this one is... There's a lot of peculiar matchups here and there's a lot of exciting prospects that we could see towards the end of this tournament. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. And because I'm such an interesting person, um, I think uh, Rafael Nadal will win the quarter. Um, but, <laughs> you, um, yeah, I mean, you, you always surprise me, Joel. Always. <laughs> Yeah, I've got. I'm full of surprises. Um, yeah, but no, look, there's a couple of um, there's a couple of players that really interest me from from this part of the draw. Um, David Goffin and, and Fabio Fognini are, are probably uh, the two. I actually, I'm not sure whether it's out of realism or uh, or, or hope, but I actually really want to see David Goffin um, go through to the quarterfinals. And I actually, I'm going to back him in. I think he might just do that. Um, but as we know, Fabio Fognini, he can really uh, throw a spanner in the works. And of course, Alex Berev um, is in this quarter um, as well. And might ask you, Mark, about Alex Berev. Obviously we saw him reach the quarter, uh, sorry, we saw him reach the final um, at the US Open. And, um, you know, the issues that uh, Alex has to fix um, that we saw were quite clear, I think. Um, so take us into the, into the mind uh, of, of those working closest with, with Alex Berev. You've, you've made the US Open final. The issues are seemingly, quite clear nerves and probably the second serve. 100% second serve. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. You've got this little period to work on things. Um, Obviously, they're the things you're probably working on. Anything else that you think that Alex um, has to be knuckling down on to make that breakthrough? Yeah, look, I think, you know, if we, I think we talked about it on our, on our final show, like, you know, two or three points difference and Zverev wins that match. So, you know, it's an interesting one that he's got some really big holes in his game, but at the same time, he's actually got some really great, assets and strengths and I think um, you know a lot of people are focused in on his on his negativity and, and his mindset and obviously his second serve but for him to be able to almost be you know a point or two away from winning that that US Open is is incredible so uh, look I think between these two tournaments there's not much he would have been able to do um, from a, a game perspective to get better it's really hard because within two weeks there's not a lot of time he would have had three or four days off there is absolutely no doubt he would have been absolutely spent come come that time can he, similar to Dominic Team, recover from the massive high and also the massive low that he did have um, at the US Open? I, I don't know. No, I can't give you a definitive answer on that. I think it's a really challenging situation for him to be able to overcome, obviously, that, that real challenging loss. It, it's going to hurt him for a long time. And I think that, uh, you know, he's, he's in a good place to win a slam. Will he win this tournament? No, he won't. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to pretty much put that out there now. I don't think he'll win this tournament, but... You know, I think down the track you'll be okay. Look, this, the second serve here isn't going to be as as damaging or as, as bad as it was in the US because the guys were pretty much putting the pressure on him, stepping in on the court. On the clay courts, it's going to sit up a little bit and they're going to have to really generate some speed from further back in the court. And it's a lot heavier, so he doesn't have to go for so much. Just a little bit of, you know, kick on the serve and push the guys back will be all he needs to do and, and minimize his defaults. Sorry? Gets it in. If he gets it in, exactly. <laughs> Change that ball toss would be really important. So let's see how that goes. But um, yeah, it's, it, it is a very interesting topic with Zverev because I'm really big on play to your strengths. And I think if he plays to his strengths, he's very hard to beat in, in any uh, match that he plays. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, obviously, the Rafael Nadal is going to, I think, steamroll his way through the first few rounds and, and get right through. But Fabio Fagnini, again, you guys have touched on it you know, twice. I think he's a he's a... Really interesting character. Could do anything. I spent about a week with Fabio in, in Italy. The most unbelievable week I've ever spent in my life. So different. He just, <laughs> he, if you think the fat shaming of Rayonich was bad, you should have seen the way, way he treated waiters and waitresses in, in restaurants. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, kingpin for Nini. So <laughs> he's, a, he's a, a super... Funny guy, but uh, very different at the same time. <laughs> oh, my God. He, well, he, look, the man is the only man to beat Rafa from two sets to love down at the US Open back in 2015. And he's beaten Rafa in Monte Carlo as well. One of Masters 1,000. The guy's been in the top 10 uh, quarterfinals at the French before. And, of course, that quarterfinal was a walkover against Novak Djokovic. <laughs> so, yeah. um, the, guy's, the guy is genuinely unbelievable. You don't know what you're going to get with him, but he's like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates, really. Um, yeah. But look, 
Let's go to the picks because we better get to the women's draw very, very soon. So the top quarter mark, who gets through to the quarters, then the semis, and then the final? Look, I, I, I can't give you all those because I don't know. But I think Novak Djokovic is going to get right the way through. There's no doubt he's, he's uh, you know, probably the standout on that half of the draw. I'm going to look at Tsitsipas being another one that is, is going to get through pretty deep. I'm hoping that... This is his time to shine a little bit. Um, you know, fingers crossed for him. I think, you know, he's been sort of promising, but not quite getting through it at times. So I'm hoping that he's one of them. Uh, with a dark horse, obviously being, uh, I reckon, Shepovalov and, and Rublev are two that I think can possibly get a little bit deeper in the tournament in that half of the draw. Um, and I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens from there. But, you know, I'm, I'm crap with tips. So if you're, if you're betting, don't listen <laughs> to my tips. Um, but, you know, it's going, to be, it's going to make for a very interesting draw. And look, bottom half of the draw, if you look at uh, Rafael Nadal, I think he's the, he's the player to beat down that side. And I think he'll get the right the way through. And, you know, you might be right. I think there might be a Monfils and Schwartzman. Either one of those, uh, I think, might get through and play him in a semi, I think. And that would be interesting. But my tip for the tournament, um, you know, I, sorry, I missed Dominic Team in there as well. But, yeah, um, yeah Dominic Team's one of them that, uh, yeah, obviously could go right the way through. But... I think it's out of, uh, you know, players of Djokovic, Nadal, team are the three players that I'm thinking that I don't think anyone can beat on this yeah. surface. So they're the three players that I think the winner will come from there. You got to pick one, though. Uh, Djokovic. No. Oh, he's gone Novak. He's gone Novak. Oh, yeah, I'll go Novak. All right. Joel, your turn. Yeah. Top, top, uh, top half, bottom half, winner. All right. So top quarter of the men's draw... Uh, my quarterfinal is Novak Djokovic versus Matteo Berrettini. And I think Novak wins that one. Second quarter, I'm going Andre Rublev against Denis Shapovalov. Actually, I really like what Shapo has produced after the restart. Um, I think he'll make a semifinal, which I'm really excited by. And bottom half, uh, third quarter, Diego Schwartzman versus Dominic Team. I think Team probably wins that. And bottom quarter, I'm going David Goffin versus... Rafael Nadal and I think overall it's really difficult to not go with Rafa I think Rafa is going to win again okay number 13 for Nadal in favor or from Joel my top quarter of the men's draw I think it's going to be Djokovic and Roberto Bautista Agu but I think I'd love to see Pablo Carreño Busta take on Djokovic again I really would and get Laura Clark officiating as well um because you know we, we just want to start. Oh. <laughs> um no I'll drop it now um <laughs> It was comedy for me, okay? Um, but no, I think um, I think Batista Agu is going to play the quarters there. I think Djokovic will get through that and make a semi. I think on the second quarter, I think Rublev will probably get through to the quarters over Medvedev. But I think it just depends on what happens in Hamburg for Stefano Tsitsipas. Um, if he wins it, it's obviously going to be he's going to be pretty taxed physically, um, going straight to the French. In that case, I think Shapovalov will get through if. Pass loses it or loses tonight or tomorrow in Hamburg, I think that he'll be able to get through. But I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Stefanos, considering he had a pretty heartbreaking loss at the French last year. But don't rule out Grigor Dimitrov as well. He's in that. But I think it's going to be Medvedev and uh, sorry Rublev and Pass in the quarters there. Um, and I think Pass will probably get through to a semi to face Djokovic. Uh, I reckon the quarter, geez, this third quarter of the draw is really difficult. I think it's going to be Gale against Dominic. And I reckon Dominic gets through to a semi. And then I reckon in the final quarter of the draw, I reckon we're going to see someone really different take this one uh, by the scrap of the neck. I reckon Juan Ignacio Londero is going to get through to the quarterfinals here and he'll take on Rafa Nadal there. I reckon it's Dominic teams to lose. I'm going completely different to what you guys have gone and team win. <laughs> tournament and goes two from two uh, in the tennis restart. I just think the monkey's off the back now and he's got a real chance. And Rafa could even get pushed by Fabio Fonini. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. But Mark, before we do get to the women's, I want to ask you about the different balls. So they are using a different ball this year at the French Open. What does that do? And how are balls different in, in a way? Like I, I've always wanted to understand sort of the mechanics of them and, and what makes the different brands so different to play with? 
It's a really good question. Obviously, they're going with the Wilson ball this year as opposed to the Babolat that they have in the last seven or eight years. So um, balls are very different in that some of them fluff up really quickly and get a lot bigger and heavier and others can stay and their felt stays very thin. So the heavier the ball, it goes through the air slower and off the court slower. Um, obviously, the thinner the ball, the smaller the ball, the faster it goes through the air. So... I, I saw this great comedy skit from Michael McIntyre and he talks about tennis players and they, they grab a ball and they go, no, we don't want that one and I don't want this one and I don't want that one. And basically it's, it's pretty interesting because if you know the science behind it, the player is trying to find either the fastest ball to go through the air or the slowest ball to go through the air. Now, when you get six brand new balls, sometimes you don't use all the, the new balls and you've got a brand new one sitting in the ball boy's hand that you go, wow, I need a point. I need the ball to go faster through the air. You use a brand new ball, you serve it, and it probably adds another five to 10 Ks when you serve. So you, you think about those sort of little concepts and the players really want to choose the right ball for them. Some players struggle to control the serve and they need a slower ball. So they pick the bigger, fluffier ball to, to serve with. And other players need the speed. So you look at a John Isner might need the fastest ball on the clay court every single time he serves. And you change balls um, every seven and nine games. So. Um, the first the first changeover is nine, sorry, seven. And then it's every nine games after that, they'll change the balls over. So um, it's, it's really important to understand the ball because it does play a big factor in what you can and can't do on your shot. So whether you can penetrate or whether you can't. So um, it's going to be interesting. The balls this year are going to be a little bit faster. Um, they'll be able to, to stay a little bit faster for a little bit longer. The, the Babolat balls tend, tend to fluff up pretty quickly and uh, they don't last as long fresh. Um, and they get pretty old pretty quickly. So it'd be an interesting concept. Um, you know, again, the, the conditions themselves are going to definitely going to favour Dominic Team and uh, obviously um, Novak Djokovic are the two players. They'll definitely probably help more in the men's side of the draw. Um, where Nadal, look, I think, you know, it, as much as it won't be the best situation for him, I still think he's the, one of the players to beat. He's, uh, he's an incredible clay quarter and 12... French Opens, I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, you can't go past a superstar. Yeah, when you've won 12, I guess you can pretty much demand the respect that you want. So, um, fantastic. Fantastic analysis, guys. Remember, this is a very special broadcast, the first joint broadcast for Breakpoint and the Tennis Menu. And you can head to thetennismenu.com and get the annual, an annual subscription to the Tennis Menu for just $99.90 US for over 600 tennis-specific drill videos within the technical toolkit. It is unbelievable. Mark has done such a great job in coordinating all of those. So head to thetennismenu.com for all of that. And Breakpoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod. Subscribe on uh, Spotify, Wooshka, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We are there as well. And you can like the Tennis Menu on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter as well. Give us a follow and a subscription. Um, fantastic products there. But the women's draw, guys, look, again, you can throw a blanket over this entire draw and then who comes out the winner, we still don't know. Um, even when the winner does happen, we're some, <laughs> I'm not sure how it's happened, but it does happen. So Simona Hallett, the top seed, Look, for me at the moment, she's the out-and-out favourite to win this tournament, just the way that she's played on the clay. She'll take on Sara Soribes Tormo in the opening round, the Spaniard. Um, Arena Camelia Begu, a bit of a dangerous floater for the second round. Fellow Romanian of Halep, Cece Bellis and Bernardo Pera, Battle of the Young Americans in the opening round. And then Amanda Anasimova, last year's semi-finalist, had a real chance to go through to the final, um, was up a set and a break on Ash Barty in that semi-final. So really interesting to see where she's placed the third round prospect against Simona Halep. Diana Yastremska against Daria Gavrilova. That's an interesting one in itself. Gavrilova, former top 20 player, coming back from injury in her first slam back. Yastremska obviously hasn't had a great year splitting with her coach, um, Sasha Bajin, after the US Open. And I do want to ask you about this when we get this quarter underway, Mark. Um, Anna Kalinskaya against Eugenie Bouchard. Um, this, this one's really interesting as well. Bouchard, former French semi-finalist. There's also a lot of good pedigree in this draw here. Marquette von Drasova as well. So two of last year's final four at the French Open. Actually, three of the semi-finalists at last year's French Open are in this draw, right, uh, in this quarter of the draw. So Conta von Drasova and Anna Samova. Barty, the only one there. She wouldn't be in the tournament. She's not in the tournament. Um, so this is really just, this is huge. She'll take on Coco Goff in the first round, which is, again, a really tough matchup. Shelby Rogers there. Maria Sakari against Isla Tomjanovic as well in this section of the draw. Svetlana Kuznetsova against Anastasia Pavlachenkova in the opening round. Monica Puig there as well, Olympic gold medalist, and rounding it out. 
former French Open semi-finalist Kiki Burton's against Katarina Zavatska of Ukraine. I'm exhausted. Yeah, let, let's <laughs> let's not predict anything here. Let's just go, well, this is going to be good tennis. Because uh, it, it is. I think you, you're 100% correct. It, unbelievable part of the draw. Stacked to the max. Uh, who gets through this? Who knows? I, I'm a big Hallep fan, and I think she's probably the, the informed player in this part of the draw. I really like Maria Sakari. I think Tom Yanovich is one player that you just don't know what she's going to bring, though. She could possibly come out and pull out all stops and just swing like she does, and the balls go in on the on the slower surface, and she may even hurt her. But, you know, who knows from this part of the draw? But Simona Hallett, for me, is the one that I'm going to put my... Uh, not my house on, because you can't put a house on female players at this stage of, of any, any tournament. So, uh, Simona Halep definitely is one player I'm looking at as, as being really challenging to beat. Form player. Uh, she's fresh. She's ready. Uh, she prepared for this. Didn't go to the US Open to be ready for this one as well. So, uh, I think she's the one to beat in this part of the draw. Tom Yanovich can get to play Anna Kalinskaya in the fourth round or quarterfinal, whenever it is. It'll be the Nick Kyrgios Cup. Both of them have... Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <well. laughs> Um, whoever wins that gets bragging rights. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a good one. Oh, right there. Um, Subway Say also in this draw as well. So she's a great player um, from Taiwan. So she, she offers up some quirky game styles as well. So this one, Joel, look, I've got absolutely no clue. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like, uh, can you add anything to try and help listeners predict or viewers predict what is actually going to happen? Uh, well, no, not really. I can. Uh, I can offer more to make it harder. Uh, if, uh, if if that makes things any better, but um, no, I mean, but like, I mean, seriously though, like you look at some of the other names in this quarter, like Iga Swiatek, Jill Teekman, who I think will play some really good tennis, Monica Puig, who can deliver anything, Cece Ballas, Camilla Georgie. Um, and also, I, I, I love this lady. She's, Camilla's in there too, yep. And, and this lady as well. I think she's an absolute marvel. She really is. Svetlana Kuznetsova. Yeah. She, she is just incredible. She is an unbelievable athlete. Tough match first up against uh, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, but that works both ways too. Mm. Uh, that's, a, that's a really, really fascinating match. Um, but look, overall, I think... Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of uh, really interesting names in this quarter, but I think certainly Simona Halops um, is the one that stands out in terms of being the favourite. She's just playing uh, some unbelievable tennis. Uh, of course, uh, one in Rome uh, over Carolina Pliskova in, in the final. Six love, won uh, that first set. Obviously, Carolina was uh, a little bit hampered and uh, ends up retiring. But, uh, geez, you can only beat who's in front of you. And Simona was just in some unbelievable nick in that match. So she's just she's looking fantastic. Yep, it's well. Look, there's an Olympic gold medalist. There's uh, Kuznetsova, a Grand Slam champion. Halep, a Grand Slam champion. Uh, Bouchard, a Grand Slam finalist. Burton's a Grand Slam semi-finalist. Conta, Grand Slam semi-finalist. Quarter-finalist in Pavlichenkova and Golf. Um, it's just and uh, Marketa Vondrasova, Grand Slam finalist. And yeah, it it is absolutely stacked. So this this draw is so 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 exciting, and and I'm really looking forward to seeing when this day is because and when these quarter plays because I reckon you'd have about six or seven screens on the one laptop or TV, whatever you can, and watching all of them at once and trying the old ESPN mold, which does not work at all. <laughs> but we'll move on. And Mark, just before we do get to the second quarter, real quick. Changing coaches just before a Grand Slam or just before a tournament. It's happened with Vavrinka. It happened with uh, Yastrzemska and Sasha Bajin. Now it's happened with Johanna Konta. Talk us through how that can come about just before a slam. And, and is it really awkward timing? It is extremely awkward. Um, it can work in both ways, though. It could be you know something that frees up the player to say, hey, I'm allowed to play the way I want to play. Um, or it could be, oh, they've got no direction. So it, it's probably, you know... Ends up being whoever can really handle it the best. Joanna Conte is an interesting one. She she split with her coach uh, during the COVID break and then trialed um, Thomas Hogstead uh, for a few weeks and they just did not click on both ends and it was a mutual agreement to not continue to work together. Uh, the, the interesting one, Stan Vavrenka and uh, Magnus Norman. Uh, yeah, Magnus Norman? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I had to think then I had a bit of a blank. But, you know, I think that's a really interesting one because they've had such success over a long period of time and they've just come out of the COVID break. I mean, could this have happened, you know, pre-COVID, during COVID, and then he could have started a new relationship with another coach? It's really weird. But, 
Yeah, I'm interested to see that the Sasha Bayan one's a really interesting one because he he did screw himself over and shoot himself in the foot with a bad, badass tweet. Uh, that was pretty bad <laughs> on his behalf. Um, tweeting, tweeting that Osaka was the better player on the day, beating his player um, in the tournament. And, you know, his player then came back and said, well, hang on a second. I thought in your eyes, I was always the best player. And, you know, it was, it was almost a Twitter war between a coach and player and, that was a very, very poor um, bit of behaviour. Probably, probably Sasha should know that in, in the female game, you cannot even speak to another female, let alone tweet another female, okay? So uh, you cannot in- engage in that conversation. And he's been around long enough to know that. You can't sit at a table. You can't make eye contact with anybody else except for your player. And you've got to keep them the, the forefront of your mind. And they are the queen, the princess, whoever you want to be. You have to make sure they feel like that. And he has made a big boo-boo in doing what he did. And obviously, they uh, have, have split just prior to this tournament, which is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's not very good. Not very <laughs> good. Um, yeah, uh, look, it's something that, you know, you've got to have those conversations in private, don't you? It's yeah. just it's so stupid. It yeah. is so stupid. Look, I don't know. <laughs> um, let, let's move on because it, it, it's just, it, it's dumbfounding the fact that that happened over social media. In this day and age, you'd think people would be smarter, but oh well. Um, the second quarter of the draw, Alina Spitalina makes her Grand Slam return, the third seed against Barbara Grosheva of Russia. Uh, also in this draw, Madison English will take on Ekaterina Alexandrova, uh, the Aussie there, and again gets a seed at a Grand Slam. So not not great for her. She wouldn't be too happy, but she'll relish the challenge. I think uh, Alexandrova, the 27 seed, Annette Contevate and Caroline Garcia, the uh, well Garcia, former world number six, very dangerous floater. Contevate, a very very good player though. Alexandra Sasnovich, also a dangerous floater in this draw. Margarita Gasparian takes on Elise Mertens in Beautiful. this round. That is, that's a tough one. Mertens, um, the slower conditions might not help her as much with the pace that she lacks on the ball. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with her tournament. Victoria Azarenka, well, what a tournament she had at the US Open making the final. Arguably should have won that in the end against, uh, against Osaka being up a set and a break. But Osaka did such a great job to come back and win that. She'll take on Danka Kavinic. She could take on Venus in the second round, Azarenka. And they played in the opening round of Rome, Azarenka getting through that one in a tight, tight match. Um, and then Yulia Putintseva as well. Glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Um, <laughs> brought it back, Mark. Brought it back for the, uh, for the French Open show. Uh, she'll take on Kirsten Flipkins in the opener. Barbara Stritzeva here as well, former Grand Slam semi finalist. Uh, she's the 32nd seed. Uh, that well, Look, we saw a quarterfinal match between Serena Williams and Svetlana Peronkova at the US Open. Peronkova takes on Petkovic in the first round, but she could take on Serena Williams in the second. So another rematch could be there. And Azarenka v Serena in the fourth round. So this match is... well. Look, I don't think Serena's going to do overly well here. Um, just the slower conditions probably won't suit her as much and she'll have to move a lot more players will be able to exploit her movements with the slower conditions. I'm, I'm not sure that she's going to be able to really will her way over the line here, even though she does club the ball harder than any other female that I've ever seen. But um, Joel, I think it's going to be really hard for Serena to get out of this, this quarter. Yeah, I tend to agree, Val. I'm, I'm not going with, uh, with Serena for this quarter. A bit of a bit of mum's club um, in this quarter. Serena, Vika, Zvetana Prokhova, it's great, isn't it? Um, All the mums that got through to the quarters at the US. Yeah, exactly right. But um, yeah, I mean, it's some interesting names um, in uh, in this quarter as well. Um, should be interesting. I've got a crazy amount of faith in Elise Mertens. I don't quite know why. Um, but look, the player that I think really stands out for me um, in this quarter is Victoria Azarenka. She's just playing some incredible tennis, even on, on the clay. We saw how good she was on hard court um, in Cincinnati and also uh, at the US Open, really, really good. But um, also, um, I think it was it was Ryan, wasn't it, that she beat Sophia Cannon six love, six love, an absolute drubbing. And one thing, one thing that's really caught my eye with Vika guys, um, and I know we've spoken about this in the in the past, Mark, but when she goes for the sit down between games, she really does zero in on that mindfulness element and, and actively practices it. Practices it. She closes her eyes, sits there, and there was a great shot of her at one change of ends where she sat there and a bug crawled across her face and she didn't even flinch. I mean, that is, that is just, I cannot imagine practicing that any better and, and, and benefiting more from it. 
Yeah, absolutely. She's definitely um, taken a leaf out of the, the book of Bloodsport with Van Damme. If you ever saw that movie mm-hmm. and how, how present-minded he was being taught to be. And she's, uh, she's incredible the way she does that. She switches off at the change of ends, basically just gets her presence and her, and her breathing back to, to being with, I guess, control um, and gets ready for the next game. But she's incredible. Her, her tennis since coming back from having a child is just absolutely phenomenal. And you know, we did talk about the Mums Club in the in the US Open, Val, and it was one of our big points that we did mention is, you know, do they have a different perspective on life and tennis now that they've actually been able to be out of the game um, and see it from a different perspective? And Ash Barty went through that going to cricket. And, you know, is it important for players, which I think it is, to, to step back and, and move away from the game that you've spent so much time as a player playing to be able to see what other people see? And I think that's a, a really critical moment. And um, I, I do agree. I think Azarenka's the player to beat in that part of the draw. Look, Serena's, Serena's going to be thereabouts. You know, if she's playing a, a, even close to her best tennis, she'll be up around the mark. But I think there's a bit of a dangerous floater, even though she hasn't done anything past the quarterfinal of a slam yet in terms of the French Open. Yulia Potintseva on clay is actually quite a good yeah. competitor. Um, and, you know, as, as you, you've mentioned, the Kazakhstani, um, if she gets through to the final, you've obviously said that you're going to wear the other man, Keeney, again, which is great. But no. actually, <laughs> words in your mouth, am I? Sorry. I <laughs> Can I just not say that? Actually, she's not getting through to the final. Yeah, go with that. Go with that. All right. Now, look, she's, she's actually a really good competitor. So it'd be interesting to see. She's made two quarterfinals at the French Open 2016 and 18. Be interesting to see if she can get through. But Azarenka, obviously, is a standout in that part of the draw and absolutely playing incredible tennis. Made mince meat of Sophia Kennan, um, as you said. And, and I think, you know, she's going to be a very hard player to beat. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, it's a, a, a Azarenka and Halep. Um, semi-final will be an incredible match. Huge. Kai Kanepi also a dangerous floater in this section. Mm. We'll move quickly through to the third quarter of this French Open women's draw. Alvarina Sabalenka, the, the screaming Belarusian, get, uh, well, <laughs> we saw it happen at the US Open, a double, a double grunting match, which we discussed in that US Open, if you want to refer back. I think it was, what, day three or something where we discussed grunting yep. and how you teach it, Mark. It was a great yep. chat. You can see that at thetennismenu.com. I did a, I did a piece on your wonderful quotes there. Um, so, Arena Sabalenka against Jessica Pagula, the number eight seed there. Daria Kasatkina, very dangerous, 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 dangerous photo, if I can get more dangerouses in there. Um, yeah. yeah, very, very. <laughs> as dangerous as a brown snake. Getting uh, well, She'll take on Harmony Tan, the French wildcard. Um, Angebeur also there, who our great friend uh, Shane Leonage works with. Uh, Jennifer Brady, the 21st seed US Open semi-finalist. She could take on Danielle Collins in the second round. Christina Pliskova also there, but Gavinia Muguruza, the Rome semi-finalist. She is as dangerous as anything, the 11th seed. It's going to take a lot to stop her at this tournament. Alina Rubikina there as well, the Kazakh 14th seed. She'll take on Serana Kostaya in at the first round. That's a really, really difficult matchup. Carolina Muchova, do you reckon she's got much of a chance? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I did it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anyone's got much over her anyway, so um, we'll see how we go. <laughs> we'll take on Christina McHale in the opener. Donna Vekic, uh, the 26-seed Croatian, also there as well. Alison Van Wheatbank and Rebe- Rebecca Peterson, interesting first-round matchup. Australian Open champion, uh, Sabia Kennan. Uh, rounds out the, the the third quarter of the draw against uh, Ludmilla Samsonova. Every time I see that name, I think of Dumb and Dumber when they read the night out on the suitcase. Um, <laughs> um, but look, uh, there's one name in this section of the draw that stands out and that her name has a Spanish flag next to it. And it is Gabinia Muguruza. I think the way that she played in Rome and the way that her ment- uh, and her mental strength, she's won this tournament before. She's going to be very difficult to beat. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think Muguruza is, is one that's probably up in lights with uh, Halep, obviously, and Azarenka are the two other ones. But, um, yeah, she's definitely a player that is going to be hard to beat in this uh, tournament. It's going to be very interesting. I really like Jennifer Brady. I haven't seen her play enough on clay to be able to make a, to make a really definitive um, call on her. But the weapons she possesses, she could play um, some incredible tennis and really pop the ball. It's just whether or not her movement on the clay court is going to be a big factor. I'm not really sure. I haven't seen her on clay enough. So, you know, she's someone that obviously came through at the U S open incredible match player, uh, big forehand, big serve. 
she can pretty much hurt anyone. So I think she's a she's a dangerous one. I'm not really sure yet. And obviously, Sophia Cannon winning Grand Slam already is always going to be thereabouts in the, and talking about her. But her match against Azarenka last week wasn't one that you're probably going to be looking, you know, to, to say she's coming into this with any form. So uh, let's see what happens from there. But uh, definitely Mogarutha in that part of the draw. Yeah, Joel, are you, do you echo the same sentiments? Or is Sophia Kennan going to surprise everybody and, and replicate what she did maybe in Melbourne? Uh, no, to be honest, though, I don't think so. Actually, I'm not really showing much. I'm, yeah, I'm actually not showing much faith at all in, in Sophia. Um, I, I do like Abinia Muguruza, though. I, I think that's, a, that's a, a good shout for her progressing out of, out of this quarter. Someone I do really like as well, though, is uh, Alina Rabakina. I actually think she'll make the quarterfinal. Um, she's a, a semi-finalist in, in Strasbourg. Of course, that tournament is still going on. It's no doubt a fast turnaround for her. Um, and all the players that are still involved in that tournament, like an Alina Zvitalina, for example. But um, I've uh, really liked what I've seen from her. So... I'm going to take a bit of a punt and, and say that uh, she'll reach the quarterfinals. Yep, not a, not a bad shout. And Saranico stay a really tough first round draw for her. So fingers crossed we can see a couple of three setters go the distance here. Of course, the French Open still the only slam with the advantage final set where you still have to win by a two. It's not ended by a tiebreak. One of the only things the French Open does better than any of the other slams, and that's only just come about over the over the recent years. But um, yeah, it's it's I, I still love that tradition of the advantage fifth set. So fingers crossed that stays at the French. They are crazy in a lot of ways. So fingers crossed we keep it that way. The final quarter of the draw, Petra Kvitova, the seventh seed against Oshan Dodin, uh, the young Frenchman. I think Petra will be a bit too strong there. Uh, Magda Lynette, the 31st seed here. Angelique Kerber also here. She'll take on Kaya Juvan of Slovenia. Um, she, uh, look, Kerber, I'm not sure about on the clay. The slower conditions might help her. Madison Keys, the 12th seed against Zhang Shui. Keys, very, very hard striker of the ball. Not sure what the conditions will do for her game. Petra Martic, the 13th seed. She was 8th seed for the US Open and slipped 5 with more players participating at the French. She'll take on Masaki Doi, um, who played really well against Naomi Osaka in the opening round of the US Open as well. Christina Mladenovic, former US, uh, French Open quarterfinal. She's a dangerous floater, taking on Laura Siegmund. Uh, Alison Risk, rich, risky matchup for her against Julia Georgia. <laughs> um, that was actually, I actually didn't even think it. Uh, I usually try and do that pun, but that actually wasn't intended then. So, yes, <laughs> former top 10 players. It's a very tough matchup. Um, and then Sloane Stevens, former French Open finalist against Vitalia Dyachenko of Russia. And then Karolina Pliskova, the second seed. But in this section of the draw, we've got Kvitova, Grand Slam champion. We've got Kerber, Grand Slam champion. We have Keys, Grand Slam finalist. We have uh, Sloane Stevens, Grand Slam champion. We have Yelena Ostapenko, Grand Slam champion. Karolina Pliskova, Grand Slam finalist and former world number one. So another stacked quarter of this draw. And Joel, we'll start with you. Where do you see this one going? Uh, I see a couple of power players really doing well here, Petra Kvitova and Karolina Pliskova. I think those two ladies are probably, uh, I guess, a little bit above um, the others. Uh, maybe Madison Keys could be someone that challenges. She's got a, a tough matchup first up, though, against Shang Shui, uh, who is really dangerous. Someone that I potentially see making some real inroads in this quarter, though, and I wouldn't be surprised if she gets far is uh, Elise Cornet. I think she, I think her game really suits, um, really suits the clay. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw her potentially make the, make the quarterfinals. Yep. Not a bad shout. She can, she can always cause a few upsets. And I remember the day she beat Serena at Wimbledon. That was absolutely huge. So her draw's not too bad. It depends on how she negates Madison Keys or Junction mm. second round. If she gets there, Mark, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think Petra Kvitova is definitely the, the player on this side of the draw to beat. Look, Angelique Kerber, you can never discount. Obviously, she's a competitor. She'll be there. She'll hang in there as much as she needs to. Whether she can pop the ball big enough to be able to hurt on these slow conditions is going to really test her a little bit. Um, I really like Joel's comments around Madison Keys. Jung Shui is very, very good player, um, although... The Chinese don't necessarily like the clay as much, so it'll be interesting to see how she, she handles that. But yeah, definitely Pliskova, you know, at her best. I mean, you, you can't discount the players being world number one, obviously made a Grand Slam final. So, you know, she should be able to get through a couple of rounds, hopefully, and 
you know, she's a confidence player. So if, it, if she gets a few wins on the board, who, who knows what she can do. But definitely on this part of the draw, Kavita is the one to, uh, to probably put your, put your dollars on. But, um, you know, she's a, a very, very good player, good competitor and experienced campaigner too. And I do wonder, just just to, just to nip in, Val, I do wonder if uh, if uh, Pliskova could be in the same sort of camp as Osaka was uh, at the US Open, obviously carrying a bit of a niggle, but um, because she does have that extra day of, of rest, I, I wonder if, if that will if that could be the decisive factor that keeps her going. Maybe, who knows? Uh, it could. I don't know if the clay will suit her as much. I think Madison Keys mm. is the one to be here. 2018 uh, French Open semi-finalist, US Open finalist in 17, and I think 2016 Australian Open semi as well. But we'll go through quarter by quarter again with the picks. Guys, what do we reckon? Joel, we'll start with you this time. Um, your, your draw here, what do you see happening? Yeah, so uh, top quarter, um, I think it's pretty hard, as we've spoken about already, it's pretty hard to look past Simona Halep. I think she'll win that, that quarter. Uh, I think Kiki Burton's might uh, find her way to the quarterfinals. Um, she's a, a really good player. Obviously, we haven't really seen much of her uh, so far. She didn't play uh, the US wing, but um, yeah, I think maybe Kiki for uh, that quarter. Um, and in quarter two, um, as I said before, don't know why, but... I've got a lot of faith in, in Elise Merton's game. I'm not really sure why. Um, Victoria Azarenka, though, she's the one to beat, certainly, uh, from quarter two. Playing some really, really big tennis. Quarter three, Gabinia Muguruza, as we said. Um, hard to, to look past her from there. And Alina Rubikina, I think, is going to make, uh, make some inroads uh, there as well. And bottom corner, uh, Petra Kvitova uh, against Karolina Pliskova. I think all up, um, yeah, final, I think, is going to be Simona Hallett and... Perfect. Mark, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I'm pretty pretty similar to Joel. There's no doubt. I think Halep uh, will play as a ranker in a semi-final in that top half of the draw. I don't think there's there's many players that can beat them. Um, I think they're both in great form. Um, players to, they're the players to beat at that side. And obviously in the bottom half, Mergarutha and, and Kvitova uh, will be the other semi. Um, I think the final, again, I'm going to probably be pretty similar to, to Joel, will be Halep and Mergarutha with Halep winning the final. Um, in, a, in a tight three-set match, it'll be probably 6-4 in the third, very similar to uh, what they played um, previously. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be, be an interesting one. But, um, yeah, I think they're, they're the four players that are probably the in-form and experienced players that probably can get through here. Yep. Are we going all three the same winner? I think we are. Simona Hallett for me. I think mm. she's the winner. I reckon Kuznetsova to get through to a quarterfinal in the top quarter as well. And I think Azarenka to get through and make a semi. I reckon it'll be... Azarenka and probably Svitolina in that second quarter of the draw. And I don't think Serena's getting that far. I think in the third quarter, it's going to be Jennifer Brady getting through against... Uh, sorry, no, uh, Muguruza against... Uh, I'm going to go. Who am I going to go? It's a little bit more difficult. I reckon yeah. it's, pretty, it's pretty open at the bottom there. I'm going to go with maybe... Maybe a Donna Vekic to get through to a quarter there, but I think Muguruza to get through to that semi. And in the final quarter, I think it's going to be Kvitova against Madison Keys. Keys to get through to a semi, but to fall against Muguruza and Hallett to beat Muguruza in the tight three set final. But guys, that's the French Open. That's our two cents. Um, hopefully we're right. Um, I think all three of us have gone with different winners in the men's and all three of us have gone with the same winner in the women's. But... Look, it's a tournament that we're really looking forward to. COVID aside, I think the draws here are very stacked and there's some really intriguing matchups, more so than what we saw at the US Open. That was a great tournament. So, guys, I'm really looking forward to spending the next two weeks with you. And, um, uh, Mark, US Open show was good. Are we making another Mankini bet? Well, I think we oh, should. No. I think we should. There's got to be something on the line here, Val. And obviously, you know, you've got the mankini there. There's no point having it if you're not going to use it, right? So um, we're getting towards summer as well. So it'd be nice and warm out there. So you you look every bit the man that you need to out in the warm weather. So let's uh, let's let's make. I don't know. Let's think of something. And if oh, if, someone, if someone's watching the show, maybe you guys can come up with. Uh, Something for the big Valbowski. Let's see what we can do uh, in terms of... <laughs> big, big Valbowski. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can get something happening for Val uh, to wear that mankini sometime by the end of this show. Okay. All right. No worries. And for the listeners of Breakpoint, we have this bet throughout the US Open show. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to get involved, just tweet us at Breakpoint Pod or comment Facebook Breakpoint Podcast or Instagram 
Breakpoint Podcast as well. Remember, you can follow the tennis menu as well at the tennis menu on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. It's um, a wonderful website, thetennismenu.com. Remember, you can get the packages, the technical toolkit um, for ninety nine ninety US a month. Uh, sorry, US for over a year to cover uh, six hundred tennis specific drill videos within the technical toolkit. It's amazing. Annual subscription. Please get around it at thetennismenu.com. Mark Sapolis. The best high-performance coach in the business. Thank you very much for being a part of this one and looking forward to spending the next two weeks with with you, mate. Uh, Really good to collaborate with you boys. Obviously, we've done some stuff in the past and uh, it's actually great to have you guys on board with the tennis menu and it's always nice to be part of your show as well. And and, uh, hopefully uh, our listeners can benefit from not only your your tennis experiences and what you see in terms of uh, the players and the week-to-week battles, but... You know, hopefully my tennis mind might be able to open up some doors to what they can think about the game. And, uh, you know, the collaboration is great. We're, we're enjoying it. So hopefully everybody else is as well. Fingers crossed. And your tennis mind, if you don't know it about tennis, it's not worth knowing. Mark Sapoulos, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Look, I'm pumped up his head that much. He's not going to be on <laughs> the rest of his year. Um, Joel, mate, as usual, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we look forward to you joining us on the tennis menu over the next two weeks. And then for our usual podcast, a break point on every Tuesday. Thank you very much, mate. No, it's a pleasure, Chance. Bring on the French Open. Bring it on. This has been Val Febo, Joel Ferrucci and Mark Sapoulis with you for our first ever joint broadcast, the tennis menu and break point. Been fantastic. We'll join you for the French Open starting this week. <laughs>